It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the away trip to Thorman Park in Munster. On the Zoom call tonight, we've got Lynn McKenzie. Evening. And Niall Packy Shield. And I'll put the Packy bit in there because I'll invariably call you Packy at some stage during it, Niall. So. My own wife calls me Packy, so yeah, that's fine. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Okay, let's do our, our normal bit and we'll go straight into the audio today. Um, at the press conference, we had um, Tierno Halloran and Jimmy Duffy. So here's some of the highlights. Odd game on Friday night and a, a real sort of steal at, at the end. What was the, what's the overall view of that? Or what have you taken out of it? Um, yeah, I suppose when you look at it from the outside, it, it definitely looked like a bit of a, a smash and grab job. Um, I think, you know, on the field... It was quite a, it was a frustrating game at times to play because obviously the first half, you know, in the past few years is probably the team that we played against that have played with so much depth. Um, so obviously our policy is trying to, you know, get off the line and get line speed. But when teams are playing with that much depth, it's quite hard to keep that going and get up because you're, you're liable to kick or passes over the top and things like that. So we had to make a slight adjustment at that at half time, and it probably caught us a bit on the hop in the first half because you know we had obviously done our analysis on Jerisso and we hadn't seen that. So um, we needed an adjustment at time, and I felt like we dealt with it a lot better um, in the second half. And then obviously in the second half, it was just, it felt like just a kick battle for, for 25 minutes and it was tough to get into the game. And obviously, you know, we got that try just after half time. We felt like we were in a good position to kick on from there. But unfortunately, it was just that type of game where we were just struggling to build any phase play. Um, but I think that's somewhere where we've grown, where, you know, in the past, in those types of games where we struggle for possession, we've got frustrated and we've kind of given away stupid penalties and we've, let the other team get a try, whereas I think I felt like we were very patient. I know obviously we gave away a penalty towards the end to get them ahead, but I still feel like we we didn't panic. We stuck to what we what we knew we could do. Um, and even though Teresa tried to close the game up relatively early with about two and a half minutes to go, you know, that's an incredibly tough thing to do these days with referees and how they how they referee games. So we knew that we were going to get an opportunity off that. And you know, I think Bundy ended up getting a jackal a jackal penalty. So um, as soon as we kick for the corner there, the belief is there that we're going to score. So um, it was great to get away with it. And I think in the past, their games we've lost over and over again. So I think it was great to be on the other side of that. And, you know, um, getting the win in the end was, was, it was a massive relief. But at the same time, I think it just keeps our momentum going. I think that's five in the bounce away from home now as well. So it was a, a huge important win for us and it gives us good confidence. Munster could be an, another ugly game. It, this this is one where Connacht are going to you're going to have to hit the same levels as Leinster, but you must feel you have a chance going down there. Absolutely, um, you know obviously it's, it's it's been a while since we won down in Thomond Park, but again you know it's it's first versus second now in Conference B. It's these are the games that you need to be stepping up in and you need to win. And like you said, the last game here at the Sports Ground around Christmas time, we probably struggled to get into the game a lot. But I think that shows how far we progressed, that we did stick with it. We did, you know, it looked like with 10 minutes to go that we were completely out of the game and we were dead and buried. And then all of a sudden we were pounding their line for the last minute of the game to try and score. So um, I think that's I think that's something that we can take confidence from as well. Like I said, in you, any Interpro game is always a dogfight and it's always those little key moments. And I feel like in the summer, obviously, we had those, the yellow cards and the red card that, you know, cost us a bit. Um, and I think they're the things that could swing those games, those, those moments, so... I think it's really important that we're in charge of those moments and we don't, you know, give them an opportunity to get into the game through something silly like a yellow card or something like that because down to 14 men against the team with quality that Munster have, it's um, you're in for a tough 10 minutes there in that period. So I think it's about controlling that, controlling our mindset in those moments and and hopefully just winning those key little battles and, and just taking it step by step throughout, throughout the game. 
Did that show real resilience by Connacht? That's, I mean, Tiernan just said that's the get, sort of game that in the past Connacht might have actually finished up losing. Um, I suppose look, it does. It, we were we were quite calm in the box. I suppose we were chatting about it, and even the players in the chat from the uh, the group and and the message runners were um, look. They're very focused. They know what they need to do. Just build an opportunity and get us get us into that scoring zone, and and, and we knew we'd be able to get it across the line. But look, Treviso have a very very good side. I think it's eight games this year they've lost by one score. So we were under no illusions that were going to be a very tough challenge and recent semi finalists as well. So. Um, to answer your question, yes, it is. It, it is. It does show the the resilience within that group and um, the progress that's being made there. Um, other for us is just sticking to the plan and, and being true to the system and knowing that it'll pay dividends when we when we get the opportunity. That's really going to be the key on um, Friday night: is is get into the game and get your game plan moving and stick to it. Um, because the, the game at Christmas, particularly, Connacht really didn't get a toehold on that game until so late. Yeah, look, I think for us it's just like winning every moment. I think um, you're going to have to play for the full 80 minutes as we showed on the weekend, which was which is good preparation. Um, obviously, Munster are flying it at the minute, so um, for us it's just about staying in the fight for for uh, for as long as we we uh, we need to, and then obviously capitalise on the opportunities when they arise. Jimmy, I'm just wondering about mall defence, and um, especially against a team with such a strong mall as Munster. The, after the three tries conceded against uh, the Dragons, there was definitely an improvement in the A game, and there was again a step on from that in the game against Treviso at the weekend. How important is, do you think more defence and more attack is going to be against Munster? And just also getting your interpretations of the fact that the referees seem to penalise that we saw in the Ireland Italy game that three times the mall setup was penalised for being illegal, and just how are you interpreting that? Yeah, look, I'll probably start with your last one. That's it's it is a tactic that I suppose if teams are allowed to get away with it, it is very difficult to stop it. Um, you're just building a massive buffer between the defending side and, and the attacking side. And in some of our games this year, that's definitely has been the case. Um, you know, so it's it's very easy to look at the outcome going, Oh, you've conceded this or you've scored this. Um, but you have to look at the source and if the, the setup and the build is correct for both sides, then you've got a, a an honest attack against an honest defence. Um, it's just the nature of the game if, if teams are able to get away with it they have been um, but on the weekend it was encouraging to see some of those setups um, being looked at a little bit closer and if you want to hear the full press conference you can go to our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com slash craggyrugby where the full press conference uh, audio is available so we didn't get to hear your opinions at the weekend obviously you know, these trips that we don't get to but we get to at least record a podcast and watch the game live, thanks to our friends in TG Cahar. Um, bit of a, a squeaky bum game there in the end, Packy. It was um, very, very tight. Oh, yeah. Actually, speaking of TG Cahar, I was, uh, I was I, well, I'd said it to you during the week, I think their um, app is fantastic. Mm. I, I hadn't realised it. I had to download it. I didn't use it that much. It's brilliant. But anyway, anyway, back to the hit to the game. Um, a really poor performance where they behaved really well to win it. Um, I, you know, when I was watching the game, I was raging because yeah. um, they were getting they were getting caught so narrow. Um, but then uh, I kind of I rewatched it and um, they behaved really really well to get the win. Um, that line out at the end because as we saw during the weekend, um, I know it's a bugbear of a lot of the coaches and some of the coaches in Connacht that um, about you know uh, crossing at the line out and mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, you know, get, get, getting in front of the of the jumper, 
but uh, I watched it again. They were squeaky clean. So hats off to Jimmy and his gang for getting that right. But outside of that, <laughs> nothing more to say about the game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Lindley, Bundy came good in the end, managed to force the the turnover and 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 get himself dragged over the line, as I think Jimmy said, or someone said in the in one of the press conferences that he was it wasn't that he was pushing the, the mall over the line, he was getting dragged over the line by the rest of the forwards, but he showed a star quality. Well, that's what he's there for, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, he was guilt, he was good, he was guilty, you know, and, and then he turned and it was almost it was almost like as a result of that, he sort of almost like said, right, I've got to do something to, you know, to get this team on, you know, on the front foot immediately because otherwise we are going to lose it. And in a way, you know, it's it's the sign of a good team that they won, but not a great team. And I think the difference is because a great team would not have put themselves in that position. A great team should have gone over there and wiped the whatever of, of Benetton and have been put four put four tries on them or more. They didn't, but it's a sign of a of a good team that they with the last play of the game, last two plays of the game, they could, they had that quality, they had that confidence, they had the ability to go and score that try and win. And it kind of reminded me a lot of Connacht, you know, a decade or so ago, or maybe less than that ago, when they would do all the running, all the play, they would be in front, and then at the last minute, a team would come and squash them. And it kind of reminded me of that. So I think there is there is there is that growth there. What I'm astounded about is the number of quality players in that Connacht side <laughs> against Benetton, and yet the team as a whole just didn't perform. And that's what kind of astounds me because most of that team will probably be going out against Munster this weekend. Yeah, we're, we're going to get, what, three lads back from, from the Ireland squad, but everyone else is, from what I can gather, fit and raring to go or the same people are injured. There isn't any fresh injuries from the weekend, so it should be a similar team, but they're going to have to up their game um, somewhat to to win in Tolman Park. And I have some horrible stats about that, but we won't talk about Tolman Park just yet. <laughs> we'll keep that, we'll keep that um, for a, near the end of the podcast. I do have one point I need to bring up about the game. Tom O'Neill has contacted us on our Patreon site to talk about the fact that we, during the commentary and, and in our podcast afterwards, we talked about the fact that Paul Boyle made a mistake when catching a ball from a kickoff when he lifted his foot and put it back on the line, which gave the, the line out to Benetton. But according to to Tom, uh, law there was a change in the law, law 18.1 section a subsection two that even if he had his foot still on the line, it would have been a line out to Benetton because he was would have been deemed to have brought the ball over the line. What do you reckon, Packy? Is is are we reading that right, or is Tom right about that? Well, I don't know. I played uh, I played rugby with Tom O'Neill, and uh, I don't <laughs> think he knew anything when he was. Are we joking, Tom? <laughs> We're a fine second row. Um, he uh, no, he, apparently he's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- touch used to always belong to the defender. That was my yeah. taking it. So you could mm. run and uh, catch a ball in touch. Uh, just on it, the only thing I was thinking was that um, uh, Boiler should have got the should have gotten a call from somebody to say let it go because it was going. I think it was going into touch. Um, uh, but anyway, listen, um, good man, Tom. Um, I'd say you know it should the kind of branch of the referees. I'd be, I'd love to hear from him. Um, so I'm assuming he's going to be taking up the whistle. Fair play. Now, you've been told, Tom, you've been told. 
Okay, um, let's move on. Let's bring it on. That's um, that's good. Some good stuff. Um, does anyone want to talk about Ireland and the win over in Italy in Six Nations? You don't have to if you don't want to. Great, excellent. That's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's how much interest us Connick fans have in well. A fair majority of us Cummins fans have in the, the Six Nations these days. So, um, yeah, we'll just well, move the only on. Thing I would say, oh. The only thing I would say, and I'm not sure you have the stats, but it's been a long time since there hasn't been one Connor player on an well, Irish team. It was before the first round. It was 2014. Um, so that's two, two out of the three rounds now, because, of course, in the last, in the second round, we had Alton uh, got on the field. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, no Connor players. So, not much interest from us really, and certainly not the way they play the game. And I, I don't think, I don't think they'd change, they change that much at the weekend, um, to sort of show that they're going to beat England or Scotland, from what I can see. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. That's that's for another competition, and some other people who have more interest in it than than we do. Okay, now the main reason for this podcast this week because it's a, it's an interpro, so we always want to talk a lot more about monsters. So. Connacht's record in Toman Park is 1-1, drawn 1, lost 16, plus the loss we had in um, the Aviva there in last August, with one losing bonus point in all that time. Now, it's actually worse than Ulster, where we've only won one game and had no draw and only had one losing bonus point. We do quite well against Leinster in Leinster, but this is just not a happy hunting ground, is it, Lenny? No, it never has been a happy hunter ground for a long time. I think only that one occasion during Pat Lamb's era, the, the year they won the Pro 14, uh, did they secure a victory there. Um, look, Munster are just a, a dogged, difficult beast to win anywhere, whether it's at home or away. And you really have to... They can change their game, I find, quite well from being a really dogged, determined, physical front mauling side to being having the pace and having the kicking abilities, particularly they have a great kicking ability. Um, they can chop and change between the two, depending on what suit. It was pretty obvious when they came to Connacht that it was their mauling game that they chose. They did very little else but maul. In fact, you know, they actually looked quite pedestrian at times if it wasn't for that maul, but it was enough to secure the victory. So when we go down there to Munster, you know, we don't have... We, you know, we don't have the record on our side at all. We're going down there. Now, they will be missing, obviously, a handful of internationals. Not a huge pile, a handful, I think. It's about three or four, I think, in in, the, in this, this this week's squad, I think. Got, I think uh, who's, who's been left in, their, in the Ireland squad is Murray, Earls, Byrne, Stander and Kilcoyne. So it's five in total. I think Murray's injured, so he probably wouldn't have played anyway. Right, so they've got they've got a they've got a they've got a few a few coming back in there, hmm. um, and I think listening to Jimmy Duffy in the press conference today, I think I think he's right. Kind of when you look at Benetton and they took their chance to win it and they did it, and I think the point Jimmy Duffy's trying to say is you don't get very many chances against a team like Munster, and when you do, 
you have to take them. You have to be more clinical. And I think that has been really a theme all year, actually, because, you know, so many chances Conant have created, but they haven't quite been able to finish them off. And I think that is that has been a recurring theme. And I think that is something which is which Conant does have to, you know, it's a mental thing, really, more than anything that Conant have to change. Look, going down to Munster, if we came out there with a losing bonus point, I think a lot of people would be happy. But there's a difference. There's a difference going down there. They have to win this match. It is a must win if they have any, any way of catching Munster. It's still highly unlikely that they would catch them with the games that have left to play. But if they want to keep that foot in the door still, they have to win. And I'm sure after last weekend's performance, there is going to be a response. I'm absolutely positive of it. And I think it's going to be actually, I, I, I think it's going to actually be a cracking game. I think it's going to be a really cracking game. And I think there's a lot of Connor players who have a lot to prove as well. And those, a lot of those players are players who shouldn't possibly be up in Dublin or you know, playing for Ireland over the Six Nations. And so you're going to be putting some of those internationals in Munster against Connett's hopefuls. And let's see what happens. I think it's going to be a cracking game. Yeah, yeah. And, and is it going to be tight, Niall? Because like looking at it, you know, I go back, I think we averaged losing by 20-odd points there. And then Rob would say to me, oh, no, but I only, I'm only interested in the recent past. Well, in the recent past, we lose, we, we lose by an average of 25 points. So it's actually getting no, worse rather than go back. better. You need to go back. <laughs> but do you reckon um, that you know, it, it's going to be more or less to, well, we're going to be practically at full strength apart from injuries. And, and as I say, they're missing five players in the Ireland squad, but they're, they, they've such a big squad that it shouldn't be a huge impact. Yeah, no, in fairness, it shouldn't. The only thing is, uh, well, I'm saying this just by thinking it, not, I don't, you know, I haven't looked at their, what their guys have, how much their guys have played, but um, like our internationals have played for us. I'm not sure that theirs have played for them. So I'm, I'm just wondering, have they been out, mm. out of action for a little while? Do you know what I mean? Um, as in, have they played that much over the last while? They could be... Um, yeah, I know, know like the be... likes of Andrew Conway's only played four games so far for them this year in total. Yeah, and I, I have Chris Farrell in my head for some reason that he he didn't play for them um, in their last game, was it, or second to last game, that uh, it was Bundy that was released from yes. the Irish squad. I, mm-hmm. I just I have that now. That may or may not be right, fully right. But um, So maybe we have the benefit of a bit of uh, match play that they don't. And... Um, no, I th- I actually do. I think it'll be tight enough. Um, I you know I do, but uh, obviously the performance has to be up to them. But you know they kind of have they have that in their locker to to up a performance that way. You know. Um, yeah, and, but, and they have more to play for because Munster can lose this and still win the win their win the conference. Whereas com- you know kind of have to win. This is a must win game as the last three games have been and they've stood up and won them all in various different ways so this is mm. this is really is a chance for Connacht to to sort of go for it yeah there was like there was a bit of talk during the week oh you know about Champions Cup rugby secured and all that and you know I wouldn't well I, I I'm sure it's not but you wouldn't want that to be the goal I mean they're seeding here as well you know mm-hmm. um, for Europe um, so let's let's sort that out let's you know uh, at the very least, I think let's be second in the conference. I think, you know, that's there for Connacht, you know, um, and obviously go for it. But Munster do have that, you know, maybe that do have that cushion. So maybe it'll they'll they'll relax a little bit. I'm not sure that they will. It's an interpro. That never re- it never really happens. But um, 
Yeah, it should, I'm just. What I'm really interested to see is how it works out because um, with the Eagles game the following day. So yes, of course, there's a, a, another Eagles game. Um, this will be the third time this season that that Connacht will have played, or is it the fourth time? It's actually the fourth time this season that Connacht will have played against Munster at Eagles level because there was one the the preseason game as well, wasn't there? Was home and away, and then they've played in the sports ground. Is there the third time playing in the sports ground against the Eagles on Saturday? A bit of luck might get to get out and see that yeah, if we're lucky. Okay. I think well, what you might I think what you might see is a real Eagles team. Yeah. More more of an Eagles team. You know, traditionally they have been used maybe to get a few senior players a fit if they've come off injuries, and that can still be the case. But given the fact that, you know, you're gonna have, you know, twenty-three players down a Munster the day before, it could be more of a of of an, an Eagles side that takes to the field, I think. Well, that's it. Like, I mean, you'll probably have a 24th man or, you know, you know, 24th, 25th man that will can come back up and play because it's only down the road. So uh, that will that'll be. Uh, yeah, that will be interesting. Let's see what way that comes. Uh, I just hope the rest of us can see it. I mean, you know, sh- surely the branch know now at this stage, the appetite that was there for not just Connor fans, but Munster fans and your rugby anorak that lives in Ireland to watch the game. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, left their season ticket money with Connacht um, in good faith this this year, and I think it would be it would be nice of them, and probably and just listen, it would be the right thing to do to stream that game. I think there are loads of us here, there, and everywhere who'd uh, who'd love to see that. I mean, you know, um, so yeah, I, I yeah, hope to I, see sense. They didn't do it the last time, but I hope to see sense and do it do it this time. With a bit of luck, they will, because as you say, there's, there's plenty of us anoraks around who want to get to see as much of the game as possible, and uh, hopefully we will get it get it out there and, and get it recorded. Because looking at the weather forecast for Friday, anyway, it's looking really good. They're talking about it's going to be about five six degrees with a twenty kilometer hour, twenty kilometer an hour breeze. So that's almost perfect rugby and. Tolman hasn't been used that much, so it should be a perfect pitch. So it should be absolutely bang on for us. For Saturday, looks a little bit wetter with seventy percent chance of rain, but let's not worry about that. Um, at this time of year, it's nice to get some half decent weather. So, mm-hmm. what do you reckon? We're going to get a losing bonus point. We're we going to get hammered. Are we going to sneak a win? Uh, all three are on the table, aren't they? <laughs> no, seriously, I think there's a team good enough to win there, but we don't. You can't really say that with any certainty because we generally don't beat them. Yeah. Like we have to say that. You know, no matter what team they have and no matter what team we have, we generally don't beat them. And Lily, we've it's, never been into a game in Thorne Park having won five in a row prior to that. Yeah, it's a it's a good away record, isn't it? Um, but I don't Best really ever, think that's yeah. going to I don't I don't really think that's going to have any effect, unfortunately, on on the, the game itself. I I would despair if, if if they lose by a lot, I, I have to say. I think it's all about the, the growth of this team and their ability to produce a quality game. These are quality players. You're gonna have you're gonna have, you know, nine or ten of them who played last weekend who are quality players against Benetton and performed poorly. And there's got to be a reaction. I mean, you've got players like Bundy Aki, who is who has been taken out or is returned from the Ireland squad once upon a time last year and a year before. That was unthinkable that that would happen to Bundy. There's a lot of players there with a lot of reason to prove something. And, you know, I think it's time that this team stood up and they did it. Now, I know we have in the past, and I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting or giving out about them, but I'm just saying from last weekend's performance, 
really, there has to be a response. And there are the players there who can do it. These are players. Well, look, most of the players on this Connacht team are players who want to play for Ireland or who have played for Ireland, who are knocking on the door for Ireland. And they have to, they have to prove to themselves that they are able to do it if they play like a team. They are a team. And I suppose that is the crucial thing. But you are going to need your, your leaders. You are going to need the strength of Bundy Aki. You're going to need his inspiration. Although, as we know now, that there are other players who are also, you know, taking over, not taking over from him, but are also stepping up to the mark. And I, that's why I think why I'm actually quite excited about this match, because I actually do expect a response from last weekend. And I'm, I'm really actually looking forward to actually how they do play against Master. It'll be really interesting, Lindy, to see how they react to the previous performance. That'll tell a lot about the team. Um, I'd wondered on selection, um, there are some, I know Tom Daly uh, played at 13, and I'm just wondering, is he, and I know he played at 13 the game before that as well, but I'm just wondering, uh, would Connacht be better suited to have Bundy at 13 and Tom Daly at 12? Just uh, th- That was just something that struck me as I was watching the match the last day. I think, uh, Bundy would possibly manage that outside channel a little bit better than uh, Tom Daly. But here, um, you know, these could be orders from Ireland, you wouldn't know. Well, exactly. And then you also have Jack Carty, who we assume will be coming back in and get picked um, instead of Connor, who hadn't had enough game time, but I'm assuming he'll get to play for the Eagles the next day. Um, and that we'd see Jack Carty starting the game because he's he's been on fire recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastically well. So, um, you know, there's no better player than him to take a team around the place. Um, Connors have spoken this year about playing the game in the right areas and um, Jack's kicking game is central to that. So, uh, listen, there are a lot of... um, there are a lot of, I, I'd call them uh, selection dilemmas there for uh, the coaches. Um, we'll see We'll see how they, how they um, react to that. Um, you know, with the likes of um, uh, you know Della and um, and Dave Heff as well. You know, you've the battle at nine between Blady and Kieran Marmion. Um, the team doesn't really pick itself at the minute, which is which is kind of funny. Um, that's you know that's how I see it. That there are lots of options there, even despite the injury list. So um, I would be really interested to to see what what's going to happen on that score as well. Yeah. One one can only assume, given the press conference today, that Turner O'Holloran was the player who was who was up for the press conference. That it's possible that he would be taking that fifteen shirt. I'm not yeah. sure, but um, I'm not sure how is John Porch injured. I, he's not mentioned as injured, but he has played. He has played a lot of rugby this season. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's actually he's actually played too much rugby. He's played in every single game which is an awful lot to ask. And you wouldn't want someone to get injured. You wouldn't want someone to get, to get it in because like wear and tear will eventually come on, you know, on top of that. And, you know, you've got the likes of Matt Healy there who hasn't played a huge amount and played really well the last time he started. So, mm. you know, there is a bit of cover there as well. And and Tiernan did okay at the weekend, uh, you know, and certainly in the A game, um, the last time we'd seen him when he came back from his injury, he was, he was excellent and very vocal. And I think he enjoys playing down in Munster and he scored that try. I think he scored the first try that in that victory back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it could be just one of those places that he likes to play. Well, I also think someone like Turnan, as you say, who's experienced down in Munster and, you know, some of those experienced players who have been around, who have been around all the losing matches down in Munster can take a leadership role. And I think Turnan is, you know, is one of those leaders on, on the field. He most certainly is, yeah. Just looking to see 
who scored tries down there, you know, the likes of Finley has scored a try down there. Like he's, he scored a try the last time he, he scored a try last week as well. Like he, he seems to like scoring away from home. Um, actually looking at it in the last four years, the last person to score, the only two people still score, are still playing that have scored a try apart from Finley in Tolman since 2015 are Tiernan and Bundy. Everyone else has either moved on or, or, or left us, the likes of Kelleher, Dawei, McKeown, you know, all those mm-hmm. guys have left us. Oh, no, sorry, apologies. Johnny Murphy. No, that wasn't in Tolman Park. That was in uh, Di Aviva, so that doesn't count. So, okay. um, yeah. So Strict criteria there, uh, Alan. Oh, very strict, very strict. <laughs> As if when these days of no crowds, it makes any difference. But anyway, um, it is, you know, there is that fact that it was in the Aviva Stadium and we did have the double yellow, the double red card type thing. So it'll be fascinating to see who the referee will be if that hasn't already been announced. This is Tuesday evening. They don't normally announce them until Wednesday. So um, okay. we just have to wait. That will see. be very interesting. Mm-hmm. It most um, certainly will. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, guys, that's brilliant. That's great stuff. Um, I think we leave it there and we'll finish the podcast as usual with William telling us um, what the results were from last weekend and and what the fixtures are for this weekend and how they all affect the table. Results from the last round of Pro 14 games. On Friday, the 26th of February, Benetton 17, Connacht 19, Cardiff Blues 11, Munster 20, Ulster 21, Ospreys 7. Saturday the 27th of February, Edinburgh 25, Scarlets 27, Zebrae 26, Dragons 15. And on Sunday the 28th of February, Leinster 40, Glasgow Warriors 21. Now let's have a look before we do the fixtures at the current tables. Conference A is... Two teams battling for the top. Leinster played 13, won 12, lost 1. 12 bonus points, 60 points. Ulster played 13, won 12, lost 1. 6 bonus points, 54. They meet this weekend. Ospreys are in third place. They've played 13, they've won 7, they've lost 6. They've 3 bonus points, 31 points. And they should have enough points now to guarantee themselves Champions Cup Rugby. Conference B, Munster on top. Played 13, won 11, lost 2, 50 points. They have six bonus points. Connachter in second. Played 13, won 8, lost 5, 9 bonus points, 41 points. They play next weekend. The Scarlets are in third. They have 14 games played. They're 7-7 seven and seven with 6 bonus points, 34 points. And Cardiff Blues have played 14, won 6, lost 8, 2 bonus points on 26 points. Edinburgh, who are in 5th place, have 12 games played. They've won 4, they've lost 8, 4 bonus points. They've only got 20 points, but they do have... A couple of games in hand on some of the teams just ahead of them. And then at the bottom, Benetton. Played 12, won none, lost 12, six bonus points, which gives them their six points. And now the fixtures for next weekend. Friday, March the 5th, Munster versus Connacht, 7.35pm kickoff. Saturday, the 6th of March, Zebra versus Glasgow Warriors, 2pm. Ospreys versus the Dragons, 7.35pm. 
and Ulster versus Leinster also at 7.35pm. And finally, Sunday, 7th of March, Edinburgh versus Benetton at 3.15pm. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side 